If you have been with us for a little while, you know that we're going through the book of Mark, but I'm going to deviate a little bit from that this morning because I think as we come into the holiday season, there's a lot that we can be thankful for. And one of the things that has really been on my heart lately is this topic of thankfulness. Am I thankful? Am I grateful? Am I satisfied with the Lord Jesus Christ? Is he everything to me? And I think about the Israelites as they wandered in the wilderness, and I think about how they constantly saw the miracles of God, the, the ten plagues. They constantly saw God do so much for them. They had the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day and, and, and God feeding them with manna and, and, and his presence there in the tabernacle, and yet they were ungrateful. They murmured, they complained. They were never satisfied with God or God's provision. There was always this sense of we want more, almost entitlement, if you will. And I think one of the things that really stands out to me in that is, is that that broke the heart of God. And of course, there was consequences for their ungratefulness as they died in the wilderness, never getting to enter into the promised land. Now, I know it's by the blood of Jesus Christ alone that we get to enter into the promised land, but there is an element of blessing that comes from thankfulness and not being blessed that comes from unthankfulness or lack of gratitude or not being grateful. And so if you'll turn with me real quick to Luke. We're going to look at some men today in Luke chapter 17, and I'm going to read it to us, and then we'll pray. Verse 11, while traveling to Jerusalem, Jesus passed between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, 10 men with leprosy met him. They stood at a distance. And raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he told them, go and show yourself to the priests. And while they were going, they were cleansed. But one of them, seeing that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice gave glory to God. He fell face down at Jesus' feet thanking him and he was a Samaritan then Jesus said we're not ten cleansed where are the nine didn't any return to give glory to God except this foreigner and he told him get up go on your way your faith has saved you God we thank you that you sent your only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Lord, if all we have is salvation, it should be enough to be thankful. 
if we had nothing else. But God, you've lavished on us so many blessings. We can meet together. We all have the word of God. I don't think anybody is in here hungry this morning. If they are, my goodness, we need to help them. God, you lavish us, lavish us with not only physical blessings, but spiritual blessings from the heavenly places in Christ. And so this morning, God, I just pray. I pray that you would open up our hearts and make them grateful for everything that you do and are doing and are going to do in our lives. And Lord, we get to spend eternity with you. (laughs) We're grateful for that. Help us to have grateful hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. There's so many things we can be grateful for. I mean, I walk out sometimes, and, I, and my truck's not really that nice, but it runs great. It's got a lot of miles on it. But every time I get in it, I, it starts right up for me, and I, and, I, and I can drive anywhere I want, and I'm grateful for that. I wake up next to my beautiful wife, and I'm grateful for that. I, I have kids that so far love the Lord, and I'm grateful for that. I, I had a meal this morning, and I'm grateful for that. And, and I have all of you beautiful people in this beautiful church that, 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 that I can study the Word of God and, uh, freely in this country and then preach the Word of God to you, and I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for every single person that I'm looking at right now. I, I thank God for you daily to the King of kings and the Lord of glory. And I appreciate so many of your friendships and I love you guys, and I'm grateful. And, and as I look around the world and, and, and my life, and, and yeah, there's some things that I could murmur and complain about, and, and there's some things that, that I could say I'm not satisfied with, but at the same time, I look at it and I say, God, you have blessed me physically, but you've also blessed me with every spiritual blessing from the heavenly places in Christ. And I'm grateful. Yet I think one of the things that plague Americans, but also plague people in the church, is this heart of unthankfulness. And you cannot read the scriptures without seeing clearly that God is not pleased with ungrateful hearts. But a grateful heart blesses Jesus. And I'd even go so far as to say puts a smile on his beautiful face. Because he has done so much for us. So let's look at verse 11. We'll start there. And, and, and I love the scriptures because if you really know the context of what's going on here, you'll see that there is something going on when he's traveling to Jerusalem. Verse 11 says, while traveling to Jerusalem, he passed between Samaria and Galilee. Now what? Number one, there's some six things I'm going to look at. Number one, we give thanks because God loves is bound up in the cross. The context here is Jesus is two days away from the cross. Jesus is headed to the cross where he will suffer, bleed, die, have the wrath of God and the sins of the world poured out upon him on that cross for you and for me. And so 
we can pass over while he's traveling to Jerusalem, big deal. But there, this is a big deal. While he is traveling to Jerusalem, the, the Jews, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes are plotting his death, yet he is heading there anyways. And so if we look at the cross of Jesus Christ, and we see everything that he has done for us, how he gave himself for us, we can come to the conclusion that we should be thankful. <laughs> because if you had salvation and nothing else, if you had salvation and you were going to spend eternity with the King of kings and the Lord of glories and had nothing else, would that be enough? That should be enough. And so we, we, we look at this, and, and, and Jesus, he's headed to Jerusalem, and the cross is weighing heavy on him. He knows what is going to happen to him, yet he goes anyways. Verse 12, as he entered a village, ten men with leprosy met them, and they stood at a distance. We give thanks because God's love heals us, restores us, and brings us close him notice in verse 12 they stood at a distance they were outcasts they were ostracized they were in isolation why because lepers were lepers a leper could not fellowship with anybody but a non-leper and so they were cast out they were in isolation they were ostracized they were pushed out of community they were pushed out of their families they were pushed out of their friendships and their relationships and they had to go and live alone matter of fact if they walked down the street and they were and they were headed down the street and and people were coming towards them they had to cover their mouth and scream unclean unclean and matter of fact the other people could actually pick up rocks if they got within 100 feet of them and toss these rocks at them and as they had this death sentence, they were rotting to death. They had the death sentence of leprosy. All the relationships were fractured and severed at that point in time. If you got leprosy, you were out. No more family, no more hugs from your wife. You couldn't hold your baby. You couldn't hug your grandchildren. You couldn't go visit your grandchildren. You had to stay at a distance. And so these men, if you look in verse 12, isolated and alone from a disease they could not control, emotionally, physically, mentally, socially, religiously ostracized, stood at a distance. Yet God, in the person of Jesus Christ, is about ready to heal them, restore them, and the best part, bring them near. And that, I think, is one of the greatest things I love about my King of kings and Lord of lords is how he brings me near to him. And so we can be thankful. We can thank God for his presence, for salvation, for his love, for being able to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We are known by him and we know him. This is a beautiful thing. Verse 13. And they raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. We give thanks because God's mercy is greater than our greatest need. We give thanks because God is so much greater than yours or mine greatest need. And so we have a lot to be thankful for. 
We can praise him. And I love this, so they, because here it, it says, Jesus, master, have mercy on us, but they raised their voices. That means they were screaming it. Jesus, have mercy on me. I mean, they were screaming at the top of their lungs as they stood at a distance to Jesus. And I love the way they called him master, too. They understood who he was. They understood that he was Lord and that he was Savior. And they were crying out to him. In desperation, they shout at the very top of their lungs because they had heard the stories. They heard that Jesus was healing lepers. They heard that the, the blind saw and the lame walked and, and, and people's lives were being restored and healed and, and, and that people's lives were even being resurrected from the dead. Lazarus had been resurrected from the dead. And they had heard these stories and, they, and the only hope that they had was Jesus. And they run to Jesus and they cry out to him and he is going to restore them physically, emotionally, mentally, socially, and religiously. Verse 14. Verse 14 says, when he saw them, he told them, go and show yourself to the priests. And while they were going, they were cleansed. Jesus sends them to the priest. And this is an amazing thing. I mean, can you imagine? He gets there, he gets to the priests, and the priests are again like, who cleansed you? And while they're, you got to understand, while they're plotting Jesus' death, Jesus sends these guys to them. And this isn't the first time Jesus has sent people, uh, lepers, to be uh, cleansed by the, the priestly ceremony. But he sends these guys, and they're like, uh, all nine of them show up right at, well, like, who, who healed you, right? And they're like, Jesus. And they're like, well, we're kind of plotting his death right now. Um, I mean, think about the, I mean, Jesus was so patient and so kind with these guys. He wanted to show them about his death, burial, and resurrection. And that's why he sent them there. And, and, and while they're plotting his death, while they're planning to kill him, here comes nine more dudes healed of leprosy. I mean, this is killer. Who cleaned you? Jesus. Oh my goodness. I, I mean, how could they even bear with their conscience? How could they even deal with their conscience through this? This is insane. <laughs> and, then, and then, bam, Jesus, Jesus sends a group to the very guys that are going to kill him. I just, I mean, the, the, there's comedy in this, right? Talk about ungrateful, unthankful hearts. Their hearts were so hard. Now, um, I did do a sermon on, where I broke down the leper in great detail. It's called um, He is Willing. If you, it's on our website if you want to go back and hear more about the leper. But here's something that I definitely need to clarify here because this is amazing. He sends them to the priests. Now, the priest had to do a specific cleansing process. There, the, the, this, is, this points completely 100% to Jesus. They were to take an earthen vessel, which represented Jesus coming as a man, and they were to fill it with living water, running water, okay? So they take this earthen vessel, which Jesus came in an earthen vessel as a man. They fill it with living water, which is a picture of the Holy Spirit. Then they were to take hyssop and put hyssop in there. Then they were to take a scarlet thread and put a scarlet thread in this thing, right? And then they were to take cedar wood, which represents the cross, and put it in there. I mean, can you see the picture that is being painted here of God's mercy and grace and love for the cross? I mean, this is, this is mind-boggling. 
earthen vessel. He came as a man, running water, living water. The, the scarlet thread represented bloodshed and covered by the blood and hyssop. Hyssop was what Jesus, what they offered up to Jesus with, with the vinegar and water on the cross. And also David says of hyssop in Psalm 51, 7, he says, Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow when he sinned. I mean, imagine that. He was admitting he's bad. David was admitting he was bad as a leper. But then the blood and then the blood and the water mixed together, and we'll get to that in a second. Was the sword pierced his side? The cedar wood, of course, is the cross. But then he was to take two doves. And here's an interesting thing: he was to take one dove. He was to pull its head off and kill the dove. Pour the blood in the earthen vessel. Then he was to take the other dove, the live dove, and he was to dip it in the blood and the water and release the dove. And so here you have the earthen vessel. Jesus came as a man. You have the living water, which represents the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the living water. He says, I'll give you living water. Then you have the hyssop, which they tried to offer him on the cross. You have blood and water mixed together. His side was pierced and blood and water poured out. And then it, it gets even better. He takes the dead dove, pours the blood in the water, dips the live, blood in, the live dove in the blood, and releases it, representing his resurrection. You have the death, burial, and the resurrection laid out completely clear for these guys. And yet their unthankful and unhard hearts still rejected Jesus. They still rejected Jesus. Then they were to separate for seven days and on the eighth day they were to shave all their hair off their bodies and that they were to have a lamb without blemish offered for them. Then they were to take a, 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 a thing of oil and pull the oil on their head, put it on their ears, put it on the blood, and, the, and they were to be sprinkled with the blood. And then they were to take the oil and put it on their ear and their thumb and their foot, representing they were to go, that they were completely cleansed, that they were completely cleansed of their leprosy. And by the way, every time leprosy is talking about, talked about in the Bible, it is always a cleansing. A cleansing. The word cleanse is always used. And you were washed. You were sanctified. You were set apart by the blood of the Lamb. I mean, this picture here of the cross of Jesus Christ and who Jesus is, they should have never missed it. Yet they rejected Christ. They continued to plot his death. Talk about hard hearts. Talk about missing the greatest opportunity to to receive jesus as their messiah and have their nation be healed yet they did not verse 15 but one of them seeing that he was healed returned and with a loud voice gave glory to god he fell face down at his feet and here's the key underline this circle this in your bibles thanking him thanking him what did jesus notice he notices the thankfulness of the one and the unthankfulness of the others. Look what he says in verse 17. He says, then Jesus said, we're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Jesus recognized the gratefulness, the praise, the worship, and the thankfulness of the one. the unthankfulness of the others and I don't want you to miss this guys 
Thankfulness is important to him. Thankfulness blesses him. Thankfulness puts a smile on his beautiful face. No one but this man comes back and gives thanks and glory to God. And the funny thing is, is this guy was a Samaritan. He did not have the scriptures. He did not know the scriptures. He, the, the, the nine Jews that went away knew the scriptures. They were taught the scriptures as little kids. I mean, they, they understood everything about God. And, and as they went, they, they never came back. But here's the interesting thing. This Samaritan, this unbeliever, <coughs> if you will, comes back and gives glory to God. Comes back and praises God. Comes back and thanks God. Do you have anything that you can be thankful for? I just, I look at this and I'm so convicted. (laughs) That this this story tells me that Jesus notices my thankfulness. (laughs) But how often do I act like... (laughs) Like the other nine, the religious folk, if you will. And I think there's a danger in the church, right? We can become unthankful. We can stop praising. We can stop worshiping. We can stop giving glory to God. We can stop being thankful. Those things that bless Jesus. And how many of you in here want to bless Jesus? I know everybody does that knows Christ. Do you want to bless Jesus? Then a heart of thankfulness, a heart of gratitude, a heart of worship, a heart of giving glory to God blesses Jesus. And if it blesses Jesus, then what do we need to change or what do we need to focus on to bless him? And I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching at myself. I can think of way too many times where I've been ungrateful, discontented, unthankful. Too many to count. Yet if I really take a step back and look at my life, man, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. The fact that we even had food this morning is more than billions of people in the world. The fact that we have the Word of God and that we can read is more than we can say about billions in the world. The fact that we can come together without the fear yet of people trying to shut us down is enough to be thankful for. The fact that we have salvation that we're going to spend eternity in heaven is enough to be grateful for. I mean, this world is but a vapor, right? Our life's but a vapor and then we get to spend eternity with Him. And I don't know about you, but we we have to be like this man acknowledging the true source of our blessing, Jesus Christ. Now, 
There's a lot that can be said about these other nine guys, by the way. I mean, we can like a lot about them. There's some things that they did that I think is really cool. First, they cried out to mercy, for mercy, so they prayed. They were men of prayer. They knew the source of their healing. They knew where to go. They knew the hope of their healing, and they went to him, and they cried out to him in prayer, Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. And I believe a life of thanksgiving is a life of prayer. The second thing we see, they were men of faith. They knew where to come. They understood. They had believing, expectant faith. And they came to Jesus believing he was going to answer their request. So they had prayer. They had faith. They, they, they believed in the miraculous. They believed that it was, Jesus was a supernatural God. That Jesus could and would cleanse them. And this blesses Jesus. This puts a smile on his face too. So they had prayer. This blesses Jesus. They had faith. This blesses Jesus. They believed in the supernatural. This blesses Jesus. They, were, they obeyed. They, they, when Jesus said, go to the priest, they left and they went. So they were obedient. So all four of these things they had. We see it. But, but all this combined, everything that they did, they, they can never, it can never it can never make up for a lack of thankfulness. Because Jesus doesn't commend them on prayer. He doesn't commend them on their faith. He doesn't commend them on the, uh, believing that he is able and capable of handling their problem. Uh, he doesn't commend them on their obedience. He commends the one guy on his thankfulness. I mean, that's powerful. You can't wiggle out of thankfulness, gratitude. In this text. And I think it's there by the Holy Spirit for a reason. Because there's nothing worse than Christians baptized in lemon juice. We are no good to anybody. We're not. But if you spot a joy-filled, loving, kind, gracious, thankful Christian... And you know, you know what I'm talking about. Is there a difference? Because a thankful Christian, a Christian with a heart of gratitude, a, a Christian that gives glory to God and praises God and that is a worshiper like this one man that came back, that person is contagious. People want what, that, what, that, what, what those kind of people have. Nobody wants what a bitter, ungrateful, unthankful discontented Christian wants. Do you want it? I don't want it. I just, I look, and I, I, I cannot, and it will not, and it does not bless the heart of God without a heart of thankfulness. So you can have running to God, you can have crying out to Him in prayer, you can have faith that moves mountains, you can even have unhindered obedience, but without a heart of thankfulness, it is useless. Kind of breaks his heart. Breaks his heart. Verse 17. Then Jesus said, We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Didn't any return to give glory to God except this foreigner? And, and it, can you almost sense, or is it just me, the sadness in Jesus' voice here? I, I, actually, I like, then Jesus said, We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Did, did, did nobody come back to give glory to God except this foreigner? 
where are they? And there's this sadness in Jesus' tone here that, that, that maybe I'm reading into it, but it, it sure seems like it. I mean, his heart was already heavy because he was headed to the cross. He was already knew that in two days he was going to be hanging on a cross for the sins of the world, for your sins and my sins. And yet we act like, you know what, uh, you know, this world is so horrible and so terrible and everything's so bad and my life is so bad and my life is so miserable and everything's broken and nothing's working. And, and, and yet Jesus is looking around going, guys, you don't even understand or comprehend what I'm going to do. What I am going to go through for you. And yes, in this world there will be tribulation, but be encouraged. I have overcome the world. Be encouraged. You're going to spend eternity with me in heaven where there's no more weeping, no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more cancer, no more dying, no more divorce, no more pedophilia, no more rape, no more child abuse, no more... I mean, guys, just that short list, and I could add another thousand things to it, is enough to be grateful. And so there's sadness in Jesus' voice. And sometimes, especially some of us that are raised in the church, can have little sense of what God has done for us. And we don't feel grateful. And the saddest thing is, is instead of saying, God, here I am. Send me. God, here I am. Use me. We end up with a heart that says, what if, God, what have you done for me lately? What has this church done for me lately? What is God has given us so much. And I think there's a lot of times people think that what they have and what they've gotten is because of what they are and who they are and what they've done and their intellect and whatever it can possibly be. But here's, here's the real kicker. As smart as you may be, God gave you that. As sharp as you are, as brilliant, if you can fix a problem, if you can wiggle your way out of anything, if you, can, if you can make something happen, if you can figure out how to make money, if you can, whatever it may be, God has given it to you. And He gave it. He gave you whatever, whatever it is. I mean, maybe some of you are rich, some of you are poor, I don't know. But whatever it is, He has given it to you. Yet we hold it like we've created it, like it's ours, like we've made it happen, right? Rather than sharing it and realizing, hey, we're ambassadors for Christ. To live is Christ, to die is gain. And God, yes, you've given me, I, I know God's given me straight from his throne room the anointing to preach his word. I know it for a fact. He gets all the glory. But I am going to use it for him. I know that he's given me a heart of mercy and a heart of compassion. And so I'm going to use it for him. 
I know that he gives me insight into his word and he opens up the scriptures to me and blows them off the page to me. So I'm going to use that for his glory and to worship him. And I am going to be thankful. I know that everything that I am, whether it's my wife, my kids, my, whatever it may be, has come straight from his throne room. And, he can, and he's given it to me and he can take it away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And guys, I can tell you right now, the devil will work overtime trying to get you to be a murmurer and a complainer and trying to get you to not be grateful and trying to get you not to be content. And he will do everything in his power because he knows that thankfulness blesses the heart of God. So if he can get you to be ungrateful and unthankful, he will do. He will pull out the stops, guys. And he'll do whatever it takes. To try to get you to curse God and die. (laughs) Yet saints of God, children of God. If we fix our eyes on him. If we come back like this worshiper. Notice what he did. He did a few things here. He fell down on his face. He praised and he worshiped. And he thanked Jesus. And it blessed him immensely. I I, I love it. I love it. I mean, 15, but one of them, seeing that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice gave glory to God. He fell down at his feet, thanking him, praising God worshiping God with a grateful heart. Guys, there is a danger in a thankless heart. Romans 1.21 says, For though they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God or show gratitude. Instead, their thinking became worthless and their senseless hearts were darkened. Guys, If we have unthankful hearts, if we complain, murmur, and grumble, we reflect the heart of an unbeliever. We do not reflect the heart of a spirit-filled Christ follower. Number four, when we give thanks to God, even when others ignore God's grace and mercy, we need to give thanks to God, or thanks, even when others ignore God's grace and mercy. Are you living with the nine? Are you living with the one? The longer we walk with God, our worship, our giving Him glory, realizing that everything that we have and everything that we are came straight from Him, and our thankfulness to Him should increase, it should grow. It should flourish. It should, it, it should explode in our lives. Hebrews 13, 15 says, Therefore by Him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. I'll sum up that verse for you. Stop being a whiner and start being a worshiper. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, 
that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. That's pretty awesome. So I thought I would bring in how important it is to be thankful. How important it is as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ to be worshipers. How important it is for believers in the Lord Jesus Christ to give glory to God rather than taking the glory for ourselves. Man, us, and, that, and that's probably the hardest one for us Americans, right? Right? That we always think that everything that, that we do and everything that we are and everything that we have become is because of who we are rather than who he is and what he's given us, right? So, I mean, uh, th- those three, three things, worshiping, giving glory to God, and giving thanks, I mean, those three things sum up the crust of this story that blesses God and blesses Jesus. And so my heart for you is that all of us, this church, fervent church, as well as you and I individually, would be those people that put a smile on Jesus's beautiful face because of those three things. Worshiper, glory to God, thankful. And that's my heart. I'm going to read one more verse to you. It's Psalm 107. It says this. It says, verse 22, it says, Let them give thanks to the Lord for His faithful love and His wondrous works for all humanity. Let them offer sacrifices of great of thanksgiving and announce His works with shouts of Let's be people of joy. Take a second. Take a second and just, I want you to think of five things that you're grateful for. I do this with my kids around the table too. Another thing I do is I have them tell another kid what they're grateful for and thankful for in that other kid. But just take a second and close your eyes and just think of five things and just thank God right now for them. Just thank Him for it. Thank him for it. Verse 19. And he told him, get up. Go on your way. Your faith has saved you. The New King James says, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Number five, a thankful life always, and I mean always, leads to greater blessing. Notice this. This guy got something that other guys didn't get. They got a a physical blessing. They were saved from their leprosy. They got a physical blessing. But this guy got a spiritual blessing. This guy got saved. Notice that? Guys, a thankful life always, and I mean always, leads... To greater and greater blessing. That's cool. I mean, this guy came. He just came to give God thanks and he gets saved. I mean, that's pretty awesome, right? God, I'm coming. I'm giving you glory. I'm going to worship you. I'm thankful for you. And Jesus says, bam, you're saved. Wow, that is awesome. He gets a greater blessing than he ever dreamed or thought possible. 
And I'm sure this guy went away praising God, and he continued to praise God, and he continued to, to bless him with the, the fruit of his lips. And, and, and these nine, they totally, totally missed out on getting the spiritual blessing. They missed out on being saved. They missed out on their, their spiritual condition being changed. Finally, and I'll close with this. We give thanks because our need is great. This guy came, his need was great, but like leprosy, sin, guys, will spread slowly. You guys think you can dabble with sin and get away with it? You think you can actually touch it and mess with it and play with it and get away with it? Here's the reality. Sin spreads slowly and takes over the entire body. It kills what it touches, just like leprosy. So many correlations here. Lepers, like leprosy, sin robs us of the pleasure God intends for us to have. If you're caught up in some kind of sin right now, you're being robbed of in His presence is fullness of joy. You are being robbed of blessing. Sin separates us from others. It breaks down our relationships. He was prevented from offering sacrifice in the temple. He was ostracized, outcast, yet God restores him mentally, physically, spiritually, and religiously. So, number one, sin it kills what it touches, just like leprosy. It robs us of the pleasures that God intended us for the have. It separates us from others and in and, and, and his presence. Sin completely separates us from God and what he wants to do in our lives. And as these people stood afar off, God brings them near. And as we stand afar off, he brings us near by the blood of the lamb. God is calling us to come near to him. To stop being ungrateful and unthankful and discontented and run to him as a worshiper giving glory to God and thanking Him. And in return, He restores us to new, just like He did the leper. He restores us mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and religiously and brings us back into fellowship with Him and fellowship with one another. Guys, let's have grateful hearts. Let's thank him for everything that he's done for us as, as we worship now, as we prepare our hearts to receive communion, take communion together as a family. Remember him. Remember everything he has done for you. If you want to come up front and, and fall down at the altar, I mean, it's not an altar. I mean, come on, it's a, it's a stage. If you want to fall down where you are at your seat, if you want to worship him and and, and, and just cry out to him as we worship this next song right now. Where's my worship team? They're not here. They, they quit. They all went away. <laughs> just kidding. Let God call you to something greater. I don't know what your sin is. But I know that sin kills, just like leprosy, everything it touches. Give that to the Lord right now. If you feel like you're separated from God, 
Guys, it's real simple. Confess your sin to him. He is faithful and just to forgive you all, all your sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness and restore you into a right relationship with him. He's begging, he's pleading, he's bidding you to come and lay it at his feet. He wants you to be restored emotionally. He wants you to be restored physically. He wants you to be restored mentally. He wants you to be restored spiritually. You don't have to stand far off. You don't have to stand at a distance and cry out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. You can come near by the blood of the Lamb. And I still cry, Jesus, Savior, King, lover of my soul. Have mercy on me. Have compassion on me. Pour your Holy Spirit out upon me. Fill me to overflowing, God. I know you are good, and I am thankful. You have given me the Holy Spirit of promise. He won't give you a fish. I mean, he won't give you a stone when you ask for a fish. He won't give you a a snake when you ask for bread. He will give you the Holy Spirit if you ask him. ask right now I don't know about these people out here Lord but I need you Jesus have mercy on me Jesus master have mercy on me fill me with your spirit God give me strength to stand give me strength to praise give me strength to give you glory give me strength to worship your holy name give me strength God to have a thankful grateful contented heart in Jesus name amen stand with me and let's let's cry out to the Lord this morning